Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. We're going to talk all about it because, you know, I, uh, I guess it was weird. I actually watched it because you, you, you mentioned you wanted to talk about it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Jocelyn, I mean, I, I never even mentioned that movie to you because it was like, ah, another Netflix movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was one of those Friday nights that I'm like, okay, so since George wants to talk about this movie, Let me, let me look at it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know what to expect, but I wasn't expecting much. It, but it, it uh -huh. definitely went a little beyond of what I was expecting. And I, I was really like, huh, look at this. And of course, the puppy is barking. So you guys will excuse <laughs> me for a moment. All right, hold on. No worries. Diva puppies. Diva puppies. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, then, let's begin. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham, and today in the fantastic company via Skype of my co-host, the great Jojo, and returning for a second round is Mr. Couch Dad Podcast, George DeMoya. Hello there. Hello, everybody. Hey, Jojo. Hey, guys. Hello. How are you doing? We managed to not scare you off last time. <laughs> Are you kidding? I know, I right? I mean, I only took my anxiety meds earlier <laughs> before I jumped on. Oh, Just a man. few CBD gummies that my wife has lying around the house. Yay. The day. There you go. <laughs> that is awesome, man. You, uh, next time we definitely have to be in the same studio, so at least we share. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm glad to hear that everybody is okay. Uh, George, I believe that on in your state, the stay-at-home orders have been uh, lifted, any? Oh, well, yes. In the state of Florida, the stay-at-home orders have been lifted, but that does not mean that the state of Miami has been <laughs> lifted. Right? It's a state of its own. <laughs> it is in its own state, yes. So Miami still has a little bit of the stay-at-home order. They've, they still haven't reopened much in Miami uh, because people are – from Miami and they continue to go out and they continue to go on their boats. And as soon as they open, reopen some of the marinas, there were like five boats on fire. Oh, wow. There okay. were, uh, 300 boat trailers in line to get in. They only allowed like a hundred okay. at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So, You know, we, we don't understand. Hashtag Florida. 
You can thank you could you could you could hashtag only in Dade because that's what we call it. Oh, hashtag only in Dade. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old Dade County. Yeah. Good old Dade County. And if you go to at only in Dade on Instagram, you're oh, welcome. Oh, all right. Well, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna follow it. <laughs> Please do. Let, let me tell you, it is the funniest thing you'll ever see. Oh my and we, lord. We could all use a laugh, so Exactly. Yeah, that is definitely uh, a good thing to have a laugh. And so, yeah, today we are talking about extraction, a very, I want to call it a, a, a very sensational little movie on Netflix, came out on April the 24th, starring Chris Hemsworth. I, I, I've always had a hard time saying this dude's last name, Hemsworth. <laughs> I keep thinking there should be an L in it. I, I, try, I always try to put an L in his last like name. Helms. Like Helms. I'm turning him into mayonnaise or something. I'm sorry. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure, Jojo? That's not because uh, the L is like you trying to say that I love you. <laughs> it is the only way I could ever get my wife to sit down and watch this movie. I was like, you know who's in it, honey? Who? Thor. Thor's in it. Oh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. I, I have to say, I am a little bit of a fan of the Hemsworth brothers. There you um, go. See? So yeah, yeah. Okay, I, have I don't. To, I don't know many people that aren't. Honestly, so uh, I will be honest. I'm a big fan of Hemsworth too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I was gonna say. I kind of feel like that. There's there's a kind of a man's man and, and yeah. also the the woman's woman woman's mm-hmm. man type factor going on there. So yes. Somebody that you kind of feel like no matter what, you could probably sit down and have a beer with and a laugh. Right. Well, I mean, I, I joke with uh, with my wife all the time, cause, you know, 10 years married, three kids. You know, she goes, would you kick him out of your house? I go, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, Got to be honest. <laughs> Uh, not even like you know it's just no i would not kick him out (laughs) yeah no just seems like a good guy (laughs) exactly all right helmsworth i'm back back on we're back okay and we're back damn man Uh, this is amazing yeah yeah, a 19-year-old that doesn't understand that he needs to keep the bloody dog with him so that it doesn't bark and so I had to deal with a puppy and a 19-year-old. Uh, but uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> we're contained now. Uh, yeah, George, you, you know, the whole fun yeah. dad thing is, you know, wait, wait till yours hit the teens, man. It's going to, yeah, <laughs> it stops being funny. <laughs> oh, oh, believe me when I tell you this. My six-year-old, I feel like she's already 15 or 16. <laughs> because she comes up to me and goes, Dad, can you record with TikTok? And I go, what? Whoa. You want me to do what now? Yeah, yeah, record a TikTok. And I go, uh, no. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no, not, not happening. <laughs> Five minutes later, there I am recording a TikTok. <laughs> oh, so you do it? Of course I do it because I'm, a, you know, it's the girl. I'm, I'm a big old softie. I'm the You're daddy's a monster, boy, right? <laughs> come on, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, <laughs> Let me ask you this, but to just start before we get into everything else, what did you all think of this movie? Let's start. Jojo, what did you think of it? 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I'm enjoying this sort of pendulum swing which George was mentioning earlier. It's a swing towards instead of a whole lot of flashy effects with the guns, sort of the John Wick style of just going in and blowing everybody's head off, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of enjoy that because it's kind of like at some point in some of the older action movies, you're like, oh, come on, would you just shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays it's, it's it's more along the lines of yeah you know let's let's do that let's get that job done that needs to be done so it's extremely violent it's it's very graphic it's very bloody but i enjoyed the story behind it i found the action scenes very good very realistic and gritty and uh it, it was just a a I, I hate to say fun movie when so many people died but it was a fun movie oh come on it was fun <laughs> <laughs> Try to be a little sensitive. <laughs> and George, of course, I'm assuming, I, I know you liked it because you, you actually wanted to talk about it. So tell me all about it. Well, it, it really starts off with that this was one of those movies that was on my queue for the Couch Dads podcast and on my queue to do a review on. And after watching it, I wanted to do more than just a review on it. And I was like, you know what? I need to call. I need to call Jojo and Graham. I need to get, you know, them talking about this this movie too because it has so many cool action sequences and it has a lot of film jargon within those action sequences that I, that I find fascinating. Doing these what's called Warner shots, which are these very long takes. They're like twelve to fifteen minute long takes. And when you're doing it with an action sequence on top of that, I mean, the behind the scenes footage, it just makes it even better while you're watching the film to know that this entire time there's literally a man on the hood of a go-kart strapped in with like safety straps and a mini camera going through the streets, capture this this footage. I mean, it's just really, really freaking cool to see all that. I love the movie. I'm a big action guy. I love doing, you know, action stunt movies and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, I was thrilled when I saw the trailer for this movie. I took a look to see who was directing it because I was always, I'm always curious about that kind of stuff. And it is actually a guy by the name of Sam Hargrave. He's the stunt coordinator for Avengers uh, oh. Endgame and Avengers Civil War. Okay. And this is his first time directing. So mm. he is a stunt coordinator usually. And here he is directing a Netflix show produced by the Russo brothers. And then they get Thor to do it. I mean, come on. They must have been, <laughs> been hanging out doing over special effects on Avengers and been like, you know what? It would be really fun if we got rid of all these damn special effects and we did a real action movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that 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 must have been the way the conversation went. Like, are you guys tired of all these green screen shit? Let's just do something yeah. where we get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of this damn CG. Can we can we do some actual, you know, like fight sequences and you know, I don't where I'm not hitting somebody with a Thor with a hammer <laughs> versus yeah. you know actually taking them out with a sniper rifle. You know, like let's do something real. And gritty, and it, I loved it. I loved it. All right. Yeah, well, I thought it. I yeah. thought it was really interesting that when I read that the director was a, a stunt 
a stuntman himself and, uh, you know, a, a stunt coordinator. I was like, that's a really interesting take, a different eye on an action movie. Like he, he knows all of the ins and outs and, and what it makes to make a fight scene look real. So what better person to direct an action movie than somebody who coordinates the fights and is involved in them himself. And you'd th- you would think it's more done, Jojo. You would think that they do that more often, but it's actually a very rare thing for a guy to go from stunt coordinator to director. Which is a, it's, it's a shame, you know? It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a, a snob club or something. <laughs> I don't know. And that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, like, why do you think that doesn't happen more often? Because as Jocelyn said, these people that are the stunt coordinator are like the ones who are at risk, who know the risk. So who better to direct an action movie than somebody who is in the action himself while, you know, the dude that's getting paid all the money goes and sits back in his trailer? You know, I, I really think it has to do with the producers behind it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it, where, where it comes in because Joe Russo is the wrote the screenplay based on a graphic novel called Ciudad and Joe Russo is the director for Avengers and Sam Hargrave was his stunt coordinator. So he probably was like, do you want to direct something that's a little bit more real? I'll let you direct it. I think it's just about that relationship they had. Because other directors that have done sequences like this are very good and they use the same stunt coordinator, but it's never like the jump of stunt coordinator to director. You know, they have a good relationship at least. Here it was more of, I think, Joe Russo just was just like, I want you to direct it. He gave him that shot. Very generous of him, (laughs) if that's the case. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just him being generous and knowing that there was a good product here and just supporting it and right place, right time. Because if it's not the stunt coordinator from the Avengers on set with him for who knows how long doing those movies, you know, they would have never built that relationship. So it sounds like we're talking about a very special kind of movie, isn't it? I think so. I, I mean, it is a special kind of movie because Usually you would see these in the theaters, right? Usually you'd be all hyped up in theaters, but it went straight to Netflix. Right. I, well, I was I was thinking when I was watching it too, watching Chris Hemsworth in it, that this is the kind of movie that, as George just said, would you would expect a huge Hollywood premiere and, uh, you know, a, a lot of build up to it. And it came out on Netflix. And I think it's one of Netflix's biggest movies currently, maybe their biggest open ever i think and it it makes me think of of sort of hollywood history how like the old movie stars you know back in the in the 40s in the 50s didn't want to do television there was like a stigma against doing television oh your career is over if you do tv right and you know that kind of that eventually changed and there's just as good television actors of course as there are movie actors so i think there's kind of a a swing maybe in the hollywood actors and going hey we can put just as much of uh, a good product, good content, have as much of a reach and, and be able to, to act the way we want to, you know, the kind of product we want to put out with streaming as we could with a, a big budget Hollywood movie. 
Yeah, I think it, it, it's it's definitely blurring the line between between one thing and the other, and just becoming films being films as opposed to this is a made for TV movie or made for streaming service movie in made for Hollywood, because there is nothing this movie from what from what I saw in in George. Of course, you can amplify mm-hmm. that, but from what I saw, this movie has nothing to envy. Anything that is big screen bound, and in, in, in fact, as Jocelyn said, it could have well been a movie with a theatrical release. Oh, definitely. And sometimes with these action sequences, people complain about the plot. You know that the plot wasn't as significant, or and I was like, the plot was pretty basic and a simple plot for an action movie, but it didn't need to be complicated. You know, it's a mercenary that's in the middle of a, you know, massive drug battle that's going on and he's trying to extract an asset. That's it. You know, it just so happens that the asset is a kid. And, you know, a Hollywood movie like Bad Boys for Life, you know, that was released in theaters. And these both of these movies, they lack that plot. They lack that you know, substance in the plot line, but they're both rated the same. And Uh, Bad Boys for Life had to spend millions of dollars in marketing in theaters. Whereas in Extraction, they didn't have to do that. They just throw it up on Netflix and they got the same reach. But is is this is the story as simplistic as it sounds? I mean, I I kind of, I saw a bit, even for an action hero, there was a huge amount of, humanity behind it and also there was it's not always that the comedic portion of an action movie strikes a good balance and here there was a lot of you know laughable moments that mm-hmm. were like perfect <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. not cheesy oh, but, yeah. but but rather perfect like oh damn they managed to make these funny that was good you know <laughs> I like that oh come on the the and uh, hopefully this isn't a spoilers, but when he gets on the phone, when Chris Hemworth's character, Tyler Rake, jumps on the phone after a fight sequence and tells his commanding officer, like, you know, you need to get me out of here. We just finished battling the Goonies from hell. That is a hysterical <laughs> line. So smart. And it just it was it was uh uncharacteristic almost yeah yeah but then it gave you a glimpse into his personality the character's personality that you know he had that humanity to him that he was a little bit of a dad kind of jokester and then he started thinking you know he's got a little bit of a dad vibe with him you know why is that and as the movie goes along then you see why he's so protective of the asset and why he feels the way he does for that kid. Yeah. See, that wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, uh, nonchalant. There was, there was a bit more of, of depth to, 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 to the, for me, to most of the characters. Cause this guy, Raju, uh, Saju Ray, the dude that, first of all, what an actor this Indian dude is. Eh? <laughs> is oh, yeah, he was fun. I mean, and a great Bollywood actor. Yes. It's just, yes, yes. So, you know, and I, and I wonder, Jojo, what do you think on this? I believe that the casting for this was perfect. And by putting it on Netflix, because you had a 
an American looking, even though he's from Australia, an American looking action star against a Bollywood action star. Like he was, he's pretty big in India. Yeah. And then you put it on Netflix. If you put that in theaters, you wouldn't have that reach. That is true. I agree. I agree. And I think, I think too, that it it really showcased how good the the Bollywood actors are since some of America's resistant to appreciating some of that. And I, I also think that it, I really enjoyed the fact that instead of having everyone speak English with a, an accent, that they just have them speak their native language and there was subtitles. Yes. I mean, there was some English, of course, thrown in there, thrown in there. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed that because I felt more immersed. I felt more like I was getting a real experience into India or um, Bangladesh. Yes. And uh, so I, I, I enjoyed that part of it because so often I, I would go so far to say if this had been, if this had had a Hollywood release, that they would have forced maybe overdubbing or to have the actors speak in accented English to mm-hmm. make it so that Americans didn't have to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what's good is that they also did what I love and it is just, it's, it's a part of the couch dad's persona is that I watch everything with subtitles because if it's too loud, it wakes up the baby. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for me, it's like, you know what? Go ahead. Use different languages. Use different dialects of Indian languages, which was also in there. Have them speak a little bit British or Australian. It doesn't matter to me because I have the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you, you're right. The subtitles for me have always been a little bit of a, of a comfort blanket, if you would, because, you know, I grew up watching movies that were in English already, uh, either uh, subtitles in French or in, 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 in Spanish. And then mm-hmm. later on, subtitle became like my way, in, in fact, of getting better at, you know, the languages that I speak, right? So I, I, like you say, I watch everything, whether it's in English or whether it's any other language that I understand, I always put <laughs> subtitles there just, just, you know, just because for some reason. So the the idea, That's the fact true. that they didn't they didn't make it a a bunch of Hollywood actors in Bangladesh, and it was more like one or two couple of white dudes, and then most of the rest of the cast or the entire rest of the cast actually made out of uh, Bangladesh. It was a perfect thing to do for a Netflix movie, and and not oh, yeah. a, a big Hollywood release movie. Yeah, and and not to mention that. Guess what they've just announced? I mean, just this past week was it got such a positive reaction. A sequel has been announced with the writers and the director attached to it and Chris Hemsworth uh, in talks to return. Oh, boy. Is that a good thing? Right off. You know, I, I say yes, because I feel like this could be you know, like a little bit of a franchise for Netflix, like an action franchise for Netflix where the stories are different. Now it could involve the same mercenary and his kind of stories. What I would like to see is that they tackle a different country or a different city next. There's something that I love in films and that is when the city itself is its own character. Right. Director Woody Allen would do this all the time. 
Manhattan, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Right. Uh, his films would have a city that would speak to you, and the city itself would almost be a character. Right. And I felt like in this film, for an action movie, the city of Bangladesh, of, of, of India, was its own character. Everything that was going on within the city mattered to the characters and mattered to the story. Um, so I hope that maybe if they do this again, they do it in, I don't know, Australia, or they do it in, um, let's say they do it in, geez, I don't know, China, Japan. They do it in another city where it can highlight that city or that country. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 but that aside, I'm conflicted with the idea of, of making a, of making these sort of a bit of a, of a franchise. What, what, what do you think, Jojo? It's difficult to say without giving away the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that makes it a little difficult to, co to comment on. I think, uh, as a franchise, it, It could certainly be very interesting to see, as George said, uh, you know, maybe we could have like a team movie with with different team members in different cities. You know, it could be prequels, could be different times where things are happening. It doesn't necessarily have to be directly related to this movie in terms of timeline. Yeah. If, you if think that, I danced around it well enough? If that I was think the so. case, I think it, it's so confusing. I don't know what, we're talk, what are we talking about again. <laughs> no, if that was the case, then I'm I'm all for it because when you meet a character like what's his name, Tyler Rake, of course, even though you get a glimpse at his past or his demons or his his aches, you certainly would like to know a bit more about the story, right? So, if they were to come back in expand more on on Tyler Rake and his his earlier days up till the moment of extraction then I'm certainly I'm certain that they could make at least give us at least three more movies of those uh, what do you think George I think so I think it depends on how they do it you're right because if if it's a continuation Some people may not feel like that's okay. If it's a prequel, some people may be like, well, what are they going to do now? Show us, you know, that his, you know, his past were demons that he was fighting all along. But, you know, his past wasn't an accident. His past had meaning towards it. Wouldn't that be kind of cheesy for a prequel? I think so. So it depends on how they tackle it. Now, The, the interesting thing is, what what does the graphic novel look like with this? You know, are there more pieces to the graphic novel? Uh, the graphic novel called Ciudad, maybe there's like other additions to that graphic novel and they're just going to take a different one. Hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure, because if, if they're doing it based off that graphic novel, I would love to see or hear or read about that graphic novel and its pieces. Does it have more pieces to it? Because we may not know exactly what direction they're going for. Maybe there's like 20 different editions of Extraction, all with different players and all with different people or with different timelines, like you said. Um, we're not, we just don't know. Right. And just, just throwing a ball out there, it could be that, you know, Rake was a member of an elite team and they choose to show you 
you know, a, a, a story which with each one of those team members and and they started the whole thing with 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 rake so you never know i think i think there's quite a bit yeah. to to do with it uh, i think if that's the case i think that would be the the funnest way for it to go about yes chris hemsworth is returning but he may not be returning as the main character yeah. in this in in the next you know sequel he may just be you know passing by because he interacts with a new main character that's doing a different extraction from a different timeline or a different story or what, whatever the case may be. But we, I, all I know is that in terms of action sequences, I think this has to be one of the better action movies I've seen in the past decade or so. Yeah. Maybe we've given Netflix a whole lot of, of ideas that they, they still haven't even thought about and they listen to this little podcast Take all the ideas, run with it, and never pay us for it. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, or, I completely or, see that happening. Or they could just hire us and just call it a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget Russo brothers and shit. <laughs> hire Graham, Jojo, and Jojo, and we're done. <laughs> but yeah, look, I. Like I said, I wasn't expecting to have a lot of fun with this movie. In fact, I was expecting to sit there and make fun of the movie as opposed to have a fun, a, a lot of fun watching it. Did any of you have um, these kind of preconceived ideas of it? Like, I know, George, you saw the trailer and it, it called, it sort of like had a, an impact on you, but you're a film guy, you, 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 this is your background, so that... I'm assuming it tells a story, but for me, yeah, it was like, yeah, that definitely uh, does. this is a cheesy action movie. I'm just going to watch it to make fun <laughs> of it. What did you think, uh, Jocelyn? Yeah, I, I really wasn't quite sure what to expect. I, I enjoy action movies, a good one. So uh, I was hoping for a good one. And uh, so I, I, I definitely think that it's, it's one of those. Cause you know, I, I, I like John Wick. I like, I like a lot of, the violent movies and, and things like that. It's sort of cathartic sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, not really being, you know, familiar with the director, but intrigued with the idea that he was a stuntman himself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, that the, um, pr the fact that I have that film background for me, All I had to hear was, you know, there is a action single take action sequence that lasts 11 minutes and 30 seconds. And I went, well, if the movie sucks, I am going to fast forward to that 11 minutes and 30 seconds, watch that clip and then turn it off. <laughs> so that's a good idea. You know, <laughs> like, okay. just because I think that just to me is really cool. You know, it's just one of those things I've seen it before and I love when they do it. And there's another action movie that I, that I recommend called the raid Two. That also has one of those kinds of action sequences. And you'll be happy to know it's also uh, subtitled because it's a foreign film. But The Raid and The Raid 2, they have phenomenal action sequences with single takes. One of my favorite movies out there is Children of Men, which was directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who's one of my favorite directors. Mm -hmm. He does a great single 
take action sequence in that movie. You know, so and then, and then of course Birdman with Michael Keaton yes. is known has one of has another phenomenal single eight. That's another Quaron movie too. Oh no, that's uh, Gonzalez Inari too. That's Inaratu, yeah. yeah. That that is the the Latin like uh the Latino filmmaker cult, I guess. It's not a cult, but <laughs> it's that the Latino connection that they have there. It's Inaratu, Quran, and Guillermo del Toro. Yes. They're like these three you know latin directors that are just they're phenomenal in my opinion so let me um, ask you a question about the the one take uh, thing that seems to be getting so much more uh, popular now where why do you think it's been adopted as a go-to especially for action do you think the advent of one person shooting video games had uh, may have had influence on that or this is something am i overthinking this no i actually think that's a very good point the the uh concept of video games and that multiplayer mode i mean hell they shot an entire movie from the first shooter point of view i don't know if you ever saw that movie god what was it called it was it was actually it wasn't that great unfortunately <laughs> but it's it's kind of like tapping into the current audience that love the single player, you know, point of view, shoot em up uh, video games. And so Was many people Henry? love that. Yes. Thank you, Jojo. Hardcore Henry. Good call. Hmm. But, you know, I think it started with, you know, in the 90s, they had the steady cams. Right. And when the steady cam first came out, which it came out 1976 with Rocky, and a couple other films doing that really cool action sequence where he's running up the steps mm -hmm. and the camera was able to follow yeah. that as that technology evolved, they just kept going, well, how can we push this? Hmm. All right. And now they're like, well, we can strap a dude to a go-kart and he could <laughs> hold the camera and we could chase cars and we could chase, you know, action uh, actors down alleyways all in one take. So they just keep continue to push the boundaries of what they can do with a steady cam, and it just evolves from that. That's dope. That is really, really something. Because uh, of course, I think you're gonna if you start making action movies like that, where the person watching the movie feels like they have some sort of participation in the movie, then you will need fewer gimmicks, uh, fewer explosions that are like mm -hmm. a bit <laughs> a bit too cheesy <laughs> you know yeah. that that famous scene where the things start you know the explosion happens and then the actor starts walking away and they uh and it, it, it's a slow-mo and scene like like yo look how cool i am with fire in my background <laughs> you know yeah i'm always expecting that shit like yep action movie that will happen <laughs> at some point i'm waiting for it wait for <laughs> it boom yeah there it is you know like why though why? why 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 hasn't anybody thought yeah maybe we've done enough of this <laughs> oh yeah no it's It's one of those things, and it's also a film thing. I mean, without the action sequences, a fun you know, fact is that Alfred Hitchcock 
did a on hour and 20 minute film called rope in in like 1950 something and i remember this from my film history class he did an almost an entire movie with one take and he would constantly zoom to like a dark black object in order to do the film transition smoothly oh because at that time the cameras were only allowed to do a full take for 10 to 15 minutes long but he would just continue every 10 minutes or so he would zoom in on a dark object or something and they would do the transition and they would keep going. I can only uh, imagine how much fire would they burn for that? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's just, I guess it's like one of those fun things to do in film. If you could pull that off, you know, those one shots, you've kind of, cemented yourself as you know not just a movie guy or something you're a filmmaker all right so let me ask you these uh, in terms of accolades uh, from hollywood and for you know let's talk about then next award season do you think this movie will get its dues uh, do you, both of you think so or is it gonna be one of those eh netflix movie forget it we're a hollywood we are we don't think they deserve. Well, at least because you you know that that has been the case. I mean, you know, I think what's his name? That movie by Scorsese that he directed uh, last year was the Irishman. Uh, the Irishman was nominated because of the people in it, but I I don't think it was necessarily nominated because it was a Netflix movie. It was because you had Pacino, you had De Niro, you had Scorsese, you had Pesci, so. You can't you can't not nominate these people, but we do know that there is an actual bias against movies made for Netflix or Amazon, for that matter. In, in at least when it comes to Oscars and you know Academy Award stuff. So, what do you think this movie does for the industry? Jojo, go ahead. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if it was nominated for anything. It would be very cool, though, to see something to do with cinematography or editing. Maybe that's the most I could see happening. I, I don't see the director getting any accolades to start with because of the snobbery in in Hollywood. And, you know, Hollywood loves their dramas and their sob fests, or I should say Oscars does. So but I, I, I could see, you know sound editing or something along those lines happening. No, I don't, I, I'm going to say that it doesn't get nominated for anything. <laughs> I, I love this movie, but it doesn't get a lick of uh, any kind of a nomination. It's, it's not a war epic like 1917. It doesn't have, you know, multiple Hollywood actors in it. Uh, unless they surprisingly decide, which, which I've heard has been rumored a little bit that they would actually put together a stunt choreographer, like a stunt coordinator award for the Academy Awards. Uh, versus, versus, yeah, exactly. Versus just special effects because they're completely different. You know, of course, Star Wars and Avengers has great special effects. And, you know, of course, a, a great film like Marie Antoinette is great for makeup and hairstyle right. and, and costume design. But what about the 
just the basic directing, blocking, or stunt choreograph, you know, stunt choreograph fights. Uh, there's a lot of detail to those things. And there's a lot of creativity. You know, if you have a main character fighting in an elevator, you know, how yes. do you block that? How do you shoot that? That takes a lot of creativity. And for some of these action movies that think outside the box, yes, there should be an award for something like that. But I doubt they'll ever do it because that just means, you know, the next Blade movie gets nominated for an Academy right. Award. And they're like, no. right. <laughs> we can't have vampires in the award ceremony. We can only have the guys from Irishman as the vampires. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's the view really. It's like, yeah, no, we don't we're not gonna do this. We're not going yeah. to legitimize certain certain genre or, or something like that. But right. you know, the most in, the most important thing is they forget how we are enjoying in how we like we've been forty five minutes almost geeking over this particular movie and, and so we, the ones who who pay for it, the ones who whose critical point of view actually says something to the point mm-hmm. to the point of of a sequel being in in the talks, you know, we would very much like it if if they were more considerate uh, towards this genre or, or type of movie. Um, I wanted to talk about the critical response and some of the negative criticism about this movie and I uh, I never saw like when I watched this movie I never saw it as you know what many have uh, categorized as just another what savior type of story but that seems to have been one of the main criticism of, of it uh you know, Variety called the film uh, a white savior version of Men on Fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Screen Rant wow. said that okay. the film's regressive white savior element dragged it, uh, dragged it down. Um, Cheryl Kala of the South African said, Extraction reminds me of a game I once played, perhaps on PlayStation 3, many moons ago. The memory feels vague. <laughs> <laughs> so was is any of that criticism fair i don't think it's fair though i can understand the criticism because that has that concept has been overused you know the white savior concept in action movies has definitely been overused but if they really watch the movie is tyler rake really the hero in this that's or is the it the other character Sajou. or you know is it exactly is it you know the other character that comes to the rescue in not just for the for the for the boy but also for him for his family yeah. but, but also for rake and for his family yeah. and he you know i'm not to i'm not going to give anything away no spoilers but he puts himself in vulnerable positions to make sure that they can, you know, get away and that they can continue the mission. He's the real hero behind it. You know, so it's kind of like, I, I don't buy the 
white savior thing on, on this one. You have to watch this film to really see that it's not just about Chris Hemsworth's character, Tyler Rake, saving the day. There's more to it than that. So it's sort of a, a little bit of a myopic uh, take on, 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 on the movie, if you will. Uh, what do you think, Jojo? I, yeah, I, I can understand the criticism, but I also agree with, with George that it's something that you need to watch to fully understand. I would definitely agree that the character of Saju is much more of a hero. Um, I would even put forth that, that Ovi is a hero himself. There's a scene between the actor Chris Helmsworth and David Harbour and, you know, The child, the asset, kind of takes some of the responsibility into his own hands yes. for his for his safety. And I thought that was a great scene and a very powerful scene and, and showed a lot about the strength of character of, of the child, of the asset. And I, I think it's more nuanced than just white savior. I, I think it needs a little more credit than that. Absolutely, because here's, here's what, what I think about a savior. A savior is actually an act of kindness with a sense of altruism. And when you're getting paid a, bu a bunch of money to go just <laughs> get a kid out of, out of captivity, I don't think you are much of a savior. He may have turned himself into a savior when he was given the orders to, hey amen, we're done. And he's like, no, that's not what I was paid to do. But still, he was honoring what he was paid to do as opposed to, I'm just going to save this kid. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a bit too nearsighted in, 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 in mm -hmm. a lot of lack of nuance, as Jocelyn said, uh, on the part of, oh, the, crit yeah. of the critics uh, in that respect. Uh, it If you want, if you want Academy Award winning movies that are definitely white savior, red flag in that sense, and they're still very good flicks, but it has that nuance, just nailing it over your head over and over again, is uh, The Blind Side and Green Book. Yes. Both were, I mean, come on, that yes. is as, you know nailing it over and over in the head with a nail is as white savers you can freaking get. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yes. That is <laughs> as glaring as possible. Not, you know, this movie extraction that's an action sequence with multiple, you know, heroic moments from different characters. Yeah, because, I mean, you even have, and in, in thinking about it, too, you even have the character of Nick Khan totally discounts her yes. <laughs> and her actions. And that's, you know, that's irritating because she uh, she she was a badass. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she, she, she was, mate. She was. I was like, yo, she did that? Neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, before we start wrapping up, I want to talk about some of the uh, criticism of the movie in terms of the portrayal, the negative portrayal that people complained a lot about the inaccurate portrayal of Bangladesh. We see that a lot, but if you watch a movie like this, would you, as the viewer, think, Well, remind me to never set foot in Bangladesh anymore. <laughs> Or would you think, yeah, every 
city has a bad side, but you know, it's worth going. You know, I mean, like, is that what it takes? I would, I guess, my question is for you to swear off. I'm never going to visit this place because of this movie. No, <laughs> just flat out. No, uh, let, let's also look at let, We cannot look at all these films with just a book cover. You right. have to look at the depth. Of course, the film is set in a rougher part of the neighborhood of Bangladesh because of look who the main villain is. He's a freaking drug lord, you know, con man or whatever the hell he was. Bad guy. Like he's scum. <laughs> he's just he's not exactly, you know, the prince of India right now. He's he's a, a horrible person. And so, of course, it's set in a rougher part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to look at the characters that you're there and it's much easier to move around. If you're trying to hide, you would go hide somewhere where you're not to be found, which would be in these kinds of neighborhoods. If you're trying to get away, where are you going to go to uh, the most expensive hotel in the city? Or are Hell you going no. to try to hide in the suburbs? You know, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you also know that you can buy protection because I can, you know, you can go into any poor neighborhood and say, hey, uh, I'm going to crash here. There's some people looking for me. Here's money. Here's some guns. Go out there and don't let anybody in as opposed to, you know, go to the world of Astoria and, <laughs> and tell the, the reception, <laughs> yo. If anybody looking for me, I ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to that it, it's a movie. Um, and anybody who, who writes their travel logs based on movies is either going to be wildly disappointed or, or, or horribly murdered at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, for heaven's That's sake. true. You know, I mean, you can take New York as an example. It's not all gangsters, uh, you know, mobsters. It's not all the mob and mafia. There's some pretty scary parts of New York. There's some beautiful parts of New York. So yeah. it's whatever. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, it's all about reputation. And if you go to places based on the reputation that you see in movies and shit. Okay. So <laughs> the only place in my life where I've ever been shot at is in the like most peaceful country that people tend to believe it's like some kind of angel's paradise and it was in Bern, Switzerland so <laughs> and I've been through some pretty rough places and shit <laughs> so <laughs> there you have it so I'm, I'm well not. there you go remind me to never go to Switzerland that's what I'm taking away from this movie I, I am never going to Switzerland now <laughs> but I thought I was so I thought they were so neutral <laughs> I, I must I must I must also add to that that I was at a bar that is, was mainly Dominicans and Italians. So there was that. <laughs> and there was a, there was a rivalry shit going on between the Dominicans and Italians. I'm just saying. So yeah, Switzerland is still safe. Just keep away from Dominicans beefing <laughs> with Italians. <laughs> you saying that, I mean, that, that is just proof of the fact that there is a scary part of any city or any country that you go to, or there's a safe part. 
Absolutely. You know, no. so yeah, no, if you, if, again, if you base your travel log off of movies, you're, you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so Extraction is actually a pretty good movie and uh, I'm very glad that we have our own uh, in-house expert, George DeMoya of uh, Couch Dad Podcast, who came and sort of deciphered all of the technicalities uh, of these the making of this movie for us. It's good to have your own film, uh, you know, film production gig uh, in the book. And yes, I'm going to continue call, call, calling you a geek. Uh. <laughs> I would want nothing else. Okay. So uh, ever since the Big Bang Theory, we can actually now uh, support that word. Yeah, wear it as a, as a, wear it as a badge of honor, isn't it? <laughs> wear it as a badge of honor, exactly. So Couch Dad Podcast is um, on the... Uh, on the making, right? Um, yes, yes. Uh, going to be available in the next couple of days. So definitely take a listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, also, you can follow me on Instagram at Couch Dads Podcast or on Twitter at Couch Dads Pod. There you go. There you have it. And Jocelyn, tell people where to find you on the social media. I am Jocelyn Podcast on the Instagrams, and that's all, all the only places I am at the moment. Yeah, that's the only place you'll find Jocelyn. And yeah, hey, she's she's reclusive. Yeah, trust me, trust me on this. But I've almost gotten on my on my knees and begged for at least a <laughs> Pinterest page and nothing. But hey, man, and nothing. We take what we can. <laughs> I am. Stop. You, you will find us on Instagram as kicking and streaming underscore podcast. And of course, on Twitter, we are kicking and streaming. And on Facebook, we're also kicking and streaming. So wherever you go finding, if as long as you say kicking and streaming, you forget the G's. Just kicking and streaming. You're good. Graham's the only G's you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, so thank you very much, my friend George DeMoya, for coming over. Uh, we promised we would have you every uh, once uh, once a month, and this is second time in consecutively we've had you, and we'll have more of you, of course, as long as you are available. Oh, absolutely, and I would love to come on. And I would say that maybe towards the end of May, beginning of June, there is a TV show that I am dying to watch mm-hmm. starring Steve Carell. And it is called Space Force <laughs> on Netflix. If there's anywhere that I'm going to talk about this, this movie, if you haven't seen the trailer, please go watch it. It looks hysterical. I would love to come on kicking and streaming and discuss this show when it I comes can't. out. I can't wait for this one either. <laughs> of course, we'll do that. Uh, by the way, by the way, after the first episode you were on, as soon as I finished, we finished recording that episode, I started Brockmire and I didn't stop until I was done with the last season. <laughs> it is one of the most rewarding things I've ever watched in my life. So thank you for that. You are very welcome. You are very welcome. <laughs> Keep it rock on, man. Yes, it yes. And don't be going loosey on anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's too much. That's just... <laughs> <laughs>
Is that happening? <laughs> Uh, all right, so for me, for Jocelyn, and for George DeMoya, this is goodbye. Thank you very much for being with us, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.